But the thing that concerns me when I talk to some of my marketing peers is when they start with the technology and try to back into some sort of use case for it, eh, it feels a little dangerous to me. That's just kind of uh, unnecessary. And I think, again, uh, don't ever tether yourself to a specific technology as a marketer. Uh, really just kind of use uh, ingenuity to kind of get yourself out of uh, some of these situations that you're in. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to our final episode of season seven of the B2B MX podcast. We are less than a week away from the 2023 B2B Marketing Exchange in Scottsdale, Arizona. And let me tell you, it's been madness here getting all of our final ducks in a row to deliver an outstanding event. And I can't believe this is our final episode of the season. Time really does fly, but I'll be honest with everyone, I'm kind of excited to take a breather and start prepping for season eight. Yeah, I'm excited for this breather too, but I feel like we're not going to get much of one because I have some really fun ideas I want to bring to life for next season. And also our B2B MX 2023 agenda is so awesome, guys. Those replays are going to be killer. I can guarantee you are really going to enjoy it, especially if you can't make it to Arizona and Listen, I know you're going to feel major FOMO, so I'm just warning you right now. But we'll be sure to bring you those replays of some of the best sessions from the event. Plus, we're going to have some pretty epic conversations from our show floor, too. I cannot wait to get to Scottsdale next week. But to wrap up this season, we're going back to the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange with the keynote from Ali Hayeri of Mountain. It's called Sympathy or Scrutiny, How to Build a Better Pipeline Between Sales and Marketing. And I know alignment continues to be a key challenge for marketing and sales teams. And Allie really did an awesome job to help alleviate some of these pain points. Yeah, definitely. It was a really awesome presentation. Ali kind of shared what marketing leaders can do to produce repeatable results, scalable solutions, and a healthy dose of goodwill. Plus, if you're a sales leader listening, he'll also share what's worthy of scrutiny or sympathy to help you fast track building a productive relationship. It's really a great session, so let's get right into it. Let's roll that tape in three, two, one. This is, uh, it's really cool to uh, get together with a bunch of people that do B2B marketing. Uh, usually a lot of these conferences are oriented around B2C. And so I think like a lot of folks here, it's just kind of refreshing to be around fellow B2B marketers. So thanks so much for the opportunity today. Um, what, uh, this is me. Um, and uh, I've been uh, working in B2B marketing my whole career. I've been building teams, scaling them up. I currently run the marketing team at Mountain. If we've been doing our job, you've seen our ads on streaming television. Uh, we are an ad tech company focused on streaming television advertising. Um, and today's talk is modeled after a talk that I gave a couple of months ago. I was invited by a private equity firm to come speak to all of the CROs uh, of their portfolio companies. And what they wanted was, for a marketing leader to come to uh, speak to CROs and give them a bit of a sanity check. Because CROs obviously are are really 
you know, critical of marketing because it's a pretty foundational relationship, the relationship between sales and marketing. What I wanted to do today is sort of expand upon that conversation that I had uh, because now we have marketers in the room uh, as well. And so what I want to talk about is uh, how that foundational relationship between sales and marketing, we should really kind of re-examine that. And uh, what I want to do, just as I did in that previous conversation, is uh, to the marketers, I want to give you some sort of insights on the successes that we've been having at Mountain. I, I'm really proud of the work that we do. I think that a lot of the B2B work that we're doing as marketers is best in class. I want to share some of the, uh, some of the things that we do. Feel free to copy off our notes. Um, and to the sales leaders in the room, uh, what I really want to do is give you insight on, in one instance, is, is it fair to be critical to the marketing operation inside your company? And, and in what instances, uh, you need to be a little sympathetic uh, because um, it's, a, it's a tough gig. Uh, as, as difficult as it is to do uh, uh, B2B sales, B2B marketing can be really challenging as well. And so what we'll talk about today uh, is first, uh, why fundamentals matter. Uh, I'm very opinionated on this topic. Um, uh, that's specifically for the marketers in the room. Uh, then we'll talk about what Mountain is specifically doing as a marketing operation in terms of boosting lead flow, which is something that a lot of us are kind of concerned with. Uh, next, uh, this is again where I'll be a little controversial, but I, I want to talk about how ingenuity beats uh, technology. Uh, and then finally, uh, a note on the importance of being prolific, uh, specific, specifically with your content marketing operation. And so again, just to reiterate something that everybody in this room knows, uh, the key to success in this game is making sure that your sales and marketing teams are totally aligned. Uh, like a lot of you, I've experienced uh, instances where I haven't had the best relationship with my counterparts on the sales side, but I've also experienced it, uh, how great things can be and how easy life can be when uh, sales and marketing get along really well and it's very symbiotic. And so just two notes, uh, just to kind of reiterate what I said a moment ago, uh, I think to the marketers in the room, what is it that you can do uh, to really improve the pipeline and to support the sales organization in a fair way? And to the sales leaders, again, what are the instances where it's fair for you to criticize marketing? Uh, and in what instances should you be sympathetic? Um, and of course, you know, a strong pipeline, everybody benefits from that. I don't really need to kind of uh, point that out. Um, so what can we do to uh, help the sales org step their game up? Starts with uh, fundamentals. Uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to marketing leaders at startups that are getting their bearings and uh, they're, they're concerned with getting a home run rather than just building the, 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 the base of a solid B2B marketing operation. They're distracting themselves with the impossible PR hit, trying to land a front page story on the Wall Street Journal, um, or, uh, or it, I'm, I'm, it pains me to say this, getting a viral video. I remember uh, consulting for an enterprise technology, a brutally technical enterprise technology startup in Silicon Valley, and all the CEO wanted was just a viral video. And so, like marketing during the Ice Bucket Challenge was like a very difficult time for a lot of marketing leaders. It was it was tough. Um, but my point to everybody always is is that fundamentals always win. Back to that baseball analogy, you you need base hits. You don't need a home run. And a lot of people can get really far with a lot of base hits. 
Uh, what you see here is actually the, uh, the breakdown of the marketing team that I have over at Mountain. Uh, it starts with our digital marketing and performance marketing team. Uh, we, uh, we're best in class. Uh, the, the point that I make to our team is we can't present ourselves to the world as a performance marketing platform if we're not good at it ourselves. Uh, this is also my core competency. My background is in performance marketing, so I lean into this a lot. But uh, this is in-house SEO, paid media, uh, marketing analytics. Uh, one, one thing that uh, my director of performance marketing and I always joke about is uh, at the end of every month, we have someone on our team that manually goes through every single closed one deal in Salesforce and audits the activity history to identify what the first touch actually was. Was it marketing or was it sales? Not because of any sort of like finger pointing, but because we need an accurate understanding of what marketing's impact is on the business. So we prioritize uh, digital marketing success. Uh, we also have a content marketing team. If anybody's connected with Mountain on LinkedIn, you've probably seen uh, we put out a lot of content. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about being prolific uh, in just a moment. Of course, the product marketing team, uh, it's the heartbeat of a B2B marketing organization where a lot of us work for technology companies and we need those marketers that can translate the work the engineers are doing into something that buyers can really understand. And finally, uh, design and development. We, we also do all in-house design and web development. This is, this is important for uh, digital marketing teams uh, to be able to have that capability in-house. I've, I've worked in instances where that was outsourced. It, it enables a lot more creativity and ingenuity when you have that in-house capability of, uh, of development. But the point here, folks, is just eat your veggies. You know, Everybody wants dessert, but you really got to eat your veggies as a marketer. And this is all of those tried and true channels. Uh, we talk a lot about the core, digital mar uh, the core B2B marketing playbook, landing pages, ads, uh, uh, lead conversion forms, GA, all that stuff. You got to get all that in order. It'd be negligent to try to skip to really high thought campaigns without having this base uh, in place first. And so my first note to the sales leadership with regards to this topic is um, a really well-rounded, talented marketing organization is going to be successful for you. Uh, the point here, though, is that uh, marketing teams that are smaller in headcount you got to be sympathetic to that. Uh, early in my career, I was a marketing generalist that wrote the collateral, designed the website, managed the ads, uh, troubleshooted technical issues, jumped on sales calls. I think some people in the room have probably done that themselves. It's a thankless job. And so, um, you know, for sales leadership, if that's the kind of marketing team that's supporting you, you have to be cognizant of that and be a little sympathetic for it. Another point um, is pulling the right levers. Uh, this is again something that I think all the marketers in the room are very familiar with, this concept of MQLs. Um, we, at, at Mountain, we have two concepts of leads. We have uh, what we call demo requests, people who explicitly want to see the platform, and then we also have what we call content leads. This is essentially everybody else. It's a passive lead. Somebody who's converting on some piece of content, not explicitly requesting a demo, but they've exchanged contact information with us uh, because uh, of something that really kind of interested them. The thing for the sales leaders to understand, if you don't already, speaking on behalf of all the marketers at this whole conference, is that the, uh, the demo requests, that's a very hard lever to pull. Uh, you know, if, if you're doing everything, if all of your channels are firing on all cylinders, you're probably extracting a steady amount of demo requests on an ongoing basis, but it's a hard lever to pull. It's not as easy as throwing more money at it. Been in that situation a lot as a marketer where uh, you're tapped out on budget. 
things are just kind of working the way that they should. Now content leads, those passive leads, this is where things get a little bit interesting. This is a lever that is relatively easy to pull. Um, and a lot of the activations that you may do, uh, maybe with like publisher partners, syndicated content, dedicated email sends, um, uh, anything, webinars, anything that you're doing in the way of just driving interest in the brand, a lot of the times these are top funnel tactics. Uh, these things really move the needle for content leads. And so the, the important thing with uh, these activations for the, uh, for the sales leaders to understand is, uh, and I've, I've had this conversation with our sales team a lot, is that, again, I'll get you demo requests and I'll work really hard to increase the volume of that. However, I can get you an avalanche of content leads, these passive leads, these people who are interested, um, but you need to do a little bit more work to flip them into a demo request. And so this is particularly interesting for um, sales organizations that have an SDR layer, where the SDR is kind of playing the role of qualifier uh, for, uh, for prospects that come in. This is great SDR fodder, taking someone who attended a webinar but didn't explicitly ask for a demo of the platform. This is precisely the kind of work that the SDR should be doing to flip them into a, a demo. This is something that we did at Mountain. We instituted a really aggressive campaign to increase our, again, content leads and we 10x to that year over year. It was a huge avalanche that we brought into the sales organization, but it took the sales team some time to figure out the right messaging to be able to, again, flip those content leads over to demo requests. Next point I wanna make, uh, this one's gonna be a little controversial, I think, considering the fact that uh, just outside there is a whole exhibiting floor of marketing technology. Um, but uh, for me, my philosophy as a marketing leader is that ingenuity beats technology every single time. The biggest and best campaigns that I've had in my career as a B2B marketer are very low tech, very, very low tech. Uh, because in a lot of those instances, I was working at early stage startups where uh, I just needed ingenuity. I didn't have a budget. The whole marketing budget went to, towards paying my consulting fee. Um, and I just needed ingenuity to be able to, uh, to, to move the needle. And I had this experience too, uh, uh, late last year, I went to a sort of CMO round table where everybody was sharing success metrics. And uh, it was kind of immodest to say, but we had by far the, the most successful success metrics for highly efficient marketing operation. But there was this, assum this assumption in the room that we also had the most sophisticated technology. And what quickly be became apparent to my peers was that we actually, of the whole cohort, had the lowest, we were like the lowest tech uh, marketing organization compared to everybody else. Everybody else had way more toys than we did. Um, and, and the toys are cool and they serve a purpose, um, but the ingenuity is really what matters. Uh, the, the biggest and brightest ideas that we have um, aren't technically sophisticated. And so um, my point here is not to beat up MarTech. I think MarTech's great, we use it. It's not like we're above it. Um, but the thing that concerns me when I talk to some of my marketing peers is when they start with the technology and try to back into some sort of use case for it, it eh, feels a little dangerous to me. That's just kind of uh, unnecessary. And I think, again, uh, don't ever tether yourself to a specific technology as a marketer. Uh, really just kind of use uh, ingenuity to kind of get yourself out of uh, some of these situations that you're in. And so to the uh, sales leaders with regards to uh, this topic, what I'd say is um, 
give your marketing team some space. Let them try new things. Um, you know, I've had a lot of strange conversations with sales leaders over the years. And uh, one of the ones that was always kind of most bizarre to me, this is a bit of a tangent, but why not, um, is uh, I remember uh, a sales leader was like, uh, you guys got to stop sending out email blasts. Uh, you're confusing my prospects. Uh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I am, a, I am a prospect for probably a lot of the people in this room, actually. And uh, I'm, I'm smart enough to differentiate uh, a, an email blast that's being sent to me by a brand and also direct outreach from some sort of uh, sales rep. And so uh, what I'd say to the, to, the, to the sales leaders is give marketing some room to be creative. Uh, and if they're trying to do something really different, um, give them the space to, to try it out. I mean, of course, you can ask questions and, and uh, poke and prod at the, uh, at the campaign. But um, really, if you want to try to take things beyond the status quo, assuming your base is all set, uh, give marketing the space to actually do that. Um, and the other thing, too, is um, you know, when I look at the most successful B2B marketing operations, uh, like we already talked about, their, their baseline is there. They know how to do paid search and marketing automation workflows and all of that stuff. Um, but they tend to always have like some signature activation that they do that really kind of moves the needle for them. And so this is something I'd say to the, to the sales leaders that you can sort of press your marketing team on is, what are you doing beyond the fundamentals? Um, what are you doing that's going to help us stand out? Uh, especially because, oh man, a lot of B2B marketing is kind of homogenous and it looks similar from brand to brand. So that's fair. Uh, next, and I, I think final point is um, being prolific matters. A key ingredient to the mountain B2B marketing success is just being prolific. We put out a lot of content. Now, the point that I want to clarify here is that um, uh, the, the content we create and the volume of it that we create uh, is not arbitrary. I, I kind of have contempt for content marketing teams that have these like arbitrary goals set up. I don't know if you've ever met a content marketer where they're like, oh, I, uh, I write three blog posts a day, or I post on social five times a day. And my first question always is, why five? Why not 20? Why not zero? What, where did that number even come from? Um, and I think that uh, the first point here is just existential. Like, why does this brand exist? What are you trying to accomplish uh, as a brand? And then, and then you start kind of understanding what the direction of your content marketing should be. And then with some other data points and, and analysis, you could get a sense of what the right quantity of uh, content should be. At Mountain, we produce a lot of content. Uh, but what I could say, fortunately, is that the engagement on our content is very, very high. Uh, take email, for example. We send out a lot of emails. The email performance it smashes the benchmarks that you see. And the recipe to success there, it's again, it's kind of obvious. It's just incredibly useful content. Uh, so when we kind of consider something like this of like, why do we exist is we're in a space where it's a bit of a land grab. Uh, and we want to be seen as the thought leaders and dictate the terms of how people learn about connected television advertising. And so uh, that drives our content marketing strategy. Um, and so every touch point we have with our prospects from a content marketing standpoint is meant to, is meant to educate. But when I say educate, I'm not saying like a blog post of like, here are the five best practices for a commercial that works well. I'm talking about hardcore research. 
And so just some, some, some food for thought here. Uh, our best performing email of the week goes out on Saturday mornings. Um, and that is like significantly better performance than during the week. And the during the week emails perform uh, quite well. And here's an example of a piece of content marketing, a series that we do that performs really well, uh, that really aligns with this, uh, with this theme too, which is, um, anyone heard of Quora before, the Q&A website, Quora? Um, so every month, my favorite piece of content marketing that we do, uh, we have something called the monthly Quora Digest, where members of our content marketing team go into Quora, find questions related to digital marketing, advertising, TV advertising, whatever it is, tangential to what it is that we do, and they answer the questions. And no, it's not like a commercial for Mountain. They're citing eMarketer data and Forrester data. They're just answering the questions. Um, and there may be a mention of Mountain when it makes sense to do so, but at the end of the month, we round up all of the questions, we package it into an email, and we send it out to all of our prospects. And our CS team always tells us, I have prospects, this is so insane to say, I have prospects that look forward to the, uh, the monthly Quora Digest. It's a, it's a strange piece of content marketing, but it makes me tremendously proud. Um, and so the, the thing here is just making sure that obviously your content marketing is sort of like purpose-driven. But uh, I can tell you from experience that when your content marketing is like incredibly researched, uh, it really pays off. One, one other point that I'll make related to content marketing, just to beat a dead horse. Uh, one thing that we did at Mountain was um, probably our biggest thing as a marketing team this year has been we launched our own research publication. So we saw so many great findings from just deep research of content and sourcing our own platform data. Uh, what we did was we launched our own research publication. If you go to research.mountain.com, you could see it. Um, and uh, this is a full-blown research website. We have people dedicated to this. They're just creating primary, publishing primary research uh, using Mountain data uh, that we're putting out there. And we source the data to the press. Um, and the important thing for the, the B2B marketers in the room too is that like overnight, we've just synthesized an entirely new property that is generating thousands of visitors every month so out of thin air. We wouldn't have had these visitors had we not done mountain research. Um, and so this is all just really purpose-driven content marketing that honors the theme of why we exist as a marketing operation uh, existentially uh, and, uh, and really sort of uh, goes towards all the goals that we're trying to achieve. So um, my point here to the, to the sales leaders would be uh, collaborate with marketing on these touch points. Um, some of the most interesting campaigns that we've had recently has been in collaboration. Our director of content marketing working with our director of uh, uh, sales development and just ideating on the messaging inside campaigns. Um, or, uh, you know, having using our really aggressive webinar strategy with publishers as fodder for sales rep outreach. Uh, it's just a good excuse to reach out to a prospect. So making sure that these teams connect, I, I'd say on that point, just as a bit of a clue to sales and marketing leaders, what happens when we do a webinar, for example, is our uh, marketing team creates a brief every single time. Who are we reaching? Who's the publisher? Uh, what's the content? Uh, and we send that brief over to the sales organization, and then the SDR team starts crafting new messaging uh, around that brief. But like sales and marketing, you gotta play nice uh, to make this uh, strategy work. Um, and then finding that balance between marketing and sales outreach, certainly important. This goes back to that point of like some sales leaders saying, 
don't send any emails, we got it, you're confusing the prospect. That's ridiculous. But I will always entertain the conversation with a sales leader about just volume of uh, communication. It's, 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 a fair, it's a fair thing to discuss. Um, and so uh, finally, in terms of what's fair to scrutinize from the perspective of a sales leader is um, every touch point should be justified. So if a marketing team is just you know doing this kind of like spray and pray approach and just creating a high volume of content because Ali said so, or whatever it may be, uh, that's not good enough reason to crank up the volume. You really got to uh, be able to justify it. So feel free to ask, why? Why do we do this? Why do we do anything? Um, a, a good marketing leader should have an answer for every single channel, touch point, campaign, why we do any of these things. There should always be a good answer for all of those. So uh, to conclude here, just to, just to kind of wrap up some of these talking points, uh, first, obviously, a strong pipeline uh, creates a strong relationship between sales and marketing. This is something that my team does every Monday morning. Every Monday morning, we get together and we analyze the prior week's metrics. Among those metrics is sales pipeline. And we don't just look at inbound pipeline, we look at total sales pipeline. We want to be able to understand where sales stands from a metric standpoint. And that influences some of our marketing strategy on an ongoing basis. So, you know, from a from a metrics and analysis standpoint, you should be mindful of it. Uh, next, develop the fundamentals first, including a well-rounded marketing team. Uh, again, it's negligent to try to do these really big, crazy campaigns if the rest of your core digital marketing is not in order. That's just negligent at that point, um, and you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be operating in that order. I should say. Um, demos aren't the only leads, uh, 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 demo requests I should say in our parlance uh, is not the only leads that matter. Content leads uh, can be very useful, uh, but just to kind of reiterate something on this point, uh, to the marketers, you got to get content leads that are sort of good prospects. They're just a good message away from being flipped into a demo request. You can't just take utterly unqualified, irrelevant contacts and say, Hey, these are leads, sales, you make it work. You, 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 gotta, you gotta still be within your ICP here. And to the sales leaders, again, if you can find a way to reliably flip a content lead, someone who attended a webinar or downloaded some sort of asset into a demo request, you're gonna be putting your, you're setting yourselves up for a lot of success. Because again, as a marketing leader, I can drive you a ton of content leads. That's relatively easy. So um, if you could figure out how to make that work, uh, then, then some really good things are going to come. Um, and then don't be guided by technology. Manually test new initiatives before selecting software. Uh, an example I didn't mention uh, related to that uh, is uh, ABM. There's a lot of great ABM software out there on the floor right now. Go check it out. Um, but uh, with ABM, that's another example of uh, our instinct is to just try it manually first. So rather than picking up an ABM solution, which would be a very ex expensive experiment for us, what we did was our design team created a landing page template, our web developer coded it into WordPress, uh, and we customized the hell out of it. And uh, now we're able to spin up these like frighteningly personalized uh, landing pages in just a matter of 30 minutes. Um, and these landing pages also have a templatized video inside them too, uh, which we made ourselves. We, we took a commercial we shot for Mountain, recut it, and now we feature the prospect's creative on the TV as the woman's watching it on a couch. Uh, that takes 30 minutes or so to, to put together as well. 
And that was the basis of our ABM experiment. And we did that for our top 100 prospects. Uh, it didn't take long to do that. I, I still remember the feedback that we got from a sales rep when he said, I got a meeting with Nike, and the feedback from them was, who the hell is this company and how the hell did they do this? Um, this didn't take any software. This was just uh, one designer, one web developer, and one copywriter. Um, so, and that gave us some good initial learnings about what at least the uh, landing page component of ABM, I, I don't want the ABM like platform people to come yell at me and say, hey, ABM's more than just landing pages. I know. Um, but uh, that, that gave us good findings with regards to uh, that specific aspect of ABM technology. So try it out yourself first. See, see if it works. Uh, and then finally, uh, be prolific uh, with intention. Uh, I think this is, this is, again, when I think of just the foundational characteristics of our marketing operation at Mountain and why we've been so successful, it's because it's we output a lot of content. Um, but on the flip side of it, we, we scrutinize it. In that same weekly meeting that we, where we meet every week and kind of scrutinize all sales and marketing metrics, uh, we have a whole section of it dedicated to marketing where we just look at email performance from the week prior. And we find areas where we can trim or maybe slot out something that's not performing as well as other ones. Like we're scrutinizing this stuff continuously. Even though we're, we put out a lot of content, we're, we're mindful of it. Um, and that's all I got. Uh, I don't know if we're doing Q&A in this format, but um, I'll, I'll be hanging out around and uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Happy to uh, connect with everybody here and share my notes. Um, assuming, you're not, uh, assuming you're not a CTV advertising platform, you could copy off my notes as much as you want. I'm happy to share. Uh, but thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Thanks. So marketing and sales in perfect harmony sounds like a dream, but it could be more than that. It could definitely be a reality. And Ali really nailed this presentation with his insights and examples of how to build a healthier pipeline, qualified leads, and of course, awareness together in perfect harmony. Absolutely. And now we are going to send you out into the world for you to start making this dream a reality at your organizations. Of course, hit us up on social to share your journey. And also make sure to subscribe to the pod on your podcast player of choice so you don't miss our big season eight kickoff. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening today and this entire season. And Kelly, my dear co-host, thank you so much for coming along on this season seven ride with me. There is no one else I would rather do this with. Oh, so nice of you. <laughs> All right, folks, that's officially a wrap on this episode and season seven. It is actually, I mean, I know we're less than a week away, but it's not too late to book a last minute trip to Scottsdale and join us at B2B MX. We honestly can't wait to see our audience there. And please, if you're there, find me and Kelly and say hi. But yeah, more updates on season eight coming up. Feel free to re-listen to all of season seven if you'd like. And hopefully, again, we'll see you in Scottsdale. So enjoy the rest of the week, everyone. And we'll be back very, very soon. <laughs>